This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Father, we thank you as we're gathered in your name. We're in here to hear from you. God, we thank you that we can come apart, that we can come away and have that private time with you. Even in the midst of the crowd, even in the midst of the gathering, Lord, individually, it's a personal worship that we have for you. And we, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for your patience and your goodness and your kindness. We thank you for always being with us 24-7, never leaving us or forsaking us. We're grateful for your word. Your word is nourishment for our soul. Your word is nourishment and life to us. And God, we embrace your word. We, we take in your word. And God, we don't want to go a day without taking in the word of God. We thank you that spirit in life. And we open our hearts and open our ears today to receive from you. Lord, speak through me what you would have me say, what you would want to say through me. And God, we thank you that your revelation knowledge is released because the Holy Spirit is here. And the Holy Spirit's the teacher and teaches us. And, and Lord, I thank you for insight today that's never been uh, seen or, or uh, experienced. I thank you for fresh revelation. And God, I thank you that you speak to each and every single person including me, Lord, even during this. And God, we just thank you. We praise you. We give you the honor. Lord, I thank you for healings today manifested. I thank you, Lord, for sickness and disease and pain and discomfort leaving bodies today. I thank you that it's a promise that we have a covenant, that we're, we're, on, we're in the in crowd. <laughs> we're... We're part of the in crowd because we're in you, in Christ. And in Christ, we find liberty and joy. We find the, the things that we need and the things that we desire are in you. And God, we thank you that we're not conformed to this world, that we're not molded and shaped by the culture of this day. But Lord, we're, we're renewed in the spirit of our mind according to what you say. And we thank you that your word is alive. It's not dead. It's not a dead word. It's alive. And I thank you that's alive and work and it's energized and working inside of us, bringing to pass that which you've declared, that which you've spoken. And we thank you that nothing can stop it. The enemy's not big enough or strong enough. In fact, we know he's a zero. He's a nothing He's had the heavenly boot. He's been kicked out. He's not in the in crowd. He's in the out crowd. He's an outcast. He's an outlaw. He's defeated. And we thank you, Lord, and praise you for the victory that we have in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to look at uh, a few things this morning. Uh, I'll tell you one of the things that the Lord ministered to me before I get started with this uh, this morning is um, we 
we trust and we believe and uh, for, you know, the instant, and we've seen a lot of just instant uh, healings and, and miracles, but the Lord reminded me this morning that faith is a lifestyle. And it was just really confirmed to me again, just talking with Terry here, that faith is not a one-moment thing. And that um, when pain diminishes, we can tell people that that's the power of God working in you. Keep it, you know, keep speaking, keep saying. You're not asking God for it. You're just speaking and releasing the the word of God and speaking the truth and taking the authority. And and Terry was saying that she she fell and uh, did a little number on her hand there, but she immediately started speaking to it and started speaking faith. And that's what God wants us to do is to take that authority and, and speak. And it just takes a little subtle thing. I heard a testimony by a man who was wearing a, his leg was short, and he had a real thick shoe. You've probably seen people like that. And um, anyway, he was ministered to and, and prayed for, and immediately his leg grew out, and he's barefoot, he's walking around, he's excited. And his wife said, get your shoe on and let's go. And immediately his leg went back. Just a subtle little thing. So they prayed for him again. And the same thing happened again. His leg grew out. He has balance. He's, he's rejoicing. And she said, I told you, let's go. Get your shoe off. Right back to the way it was. And uh, so they got him in a, a different room. And uh, anyway, just told him, you need to stand on this and, and everything. So he went home the way that he had came. Went home. And uh, it was, I think, a week later or something that he had been speaking, he had been standing and blocking out anything, even a subtle thing, and blocking out, and he woke up and he was healed. So um, faith is a lifestyle. We take it just as a moment thing. It's, it's kind of missing out on the relationship, on the walk with the Lord. And we're into relationship and walking with him. And so we don't want to, to miss out that. And we get people disappointed sometimes if we just, uh, they don't see the instant result. And they shouldn't be because their trust in God continues. Their faith is a lifestyle. It just continues. You keep speaking. You keep standing. And God will, it's, he's faithful. And it's all working. The process is working in us. And so anyway, uh, I want to talk about uh, at the cross, healing was provided, sickness and disease. Um, and wherever you see the scriptures that talks about sin and sickness together, they were all linked together uh, at the cross. In the new covenant, we know that because of the cross, everything has already been purchased and paid for. So it's already provided for. Healing is already provided for. Um, forgiveness of sins is already provided for. We don't go and we minister to someone and say, God might forgive your sins. No, with full confidence, we say, God will forgive your sins. You know, just call out to him. Get born again. Get saved. Well, we need to have the same confidence. God will heal you because 
He did it at the same time, and it is a done deal. It is a finished, accomplished thing that has taken place. So once we get that kind of confidence, we will see um, those things that we're desiring to see. In Isaiah 53, it talks about the work of the cross. And this is uh, such an incredible text. Isaiah 53, and we'll, we'll look at verse 1. Now, yes, we have the scriptures, so I hope you have your Bibles. Okay. Anyway, Isaiah 53, 1, it says, Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? So the prophet speaking here and saying, Who has believed our report? Now, we know this time at the work of the cross, really what Jesus accomplished at the cross and the prophet Isaiah said, who has believed our report? Who has believed the message? And what message? It's a message he's about to give. Who will believe this message? What is required of us is believing. Our requirement is to believe. He said, who has believed? I'm so glad he didn't say, uh, whoever's the smartest. Or whoever's the the fastest runner, the, uh, or the best at this, or, uh, you know, it's all kind of things you put in the blank. Who has who sinned the less, or has sinned, you know, all these different things you could put in there. But he said believe. And believe is, is not a work, it's called faith. And so believing takes us out of the picture. I'm believing what he did. I'm believing that he accomplished what he said he would accomplish. So it takes me kind of the picture. So I don't need to look at myself and my weaknesses where I missed it, where I messed up. I look at what he provided, what he did. And it's a, it's a gift that he did for us. The arm of the Lord here is a reference to the manifested power of God and the strength that brings salvation. So who is the arm of the Lord revealed to? Those that believe the message. Those that believe the message. So in order to believe the message, you've got to hear the message. And you don't just hear it once. You've got to keep hearing it because there's a lot of voices out there speaking a different message. But we know this is the truth, and we've got to keep hearing it and, and keep saying it, keep speaking it, keep believing it, and get it on the inside of us. So think about how big and strong God's arm is. It said when he raised Jesus from the dead, he used his arm strength. Now, he did everything else, created the universe and stuff, everything. He used hand, fingers, through the stars. But for, to raise Jesus from the dead, he used his arm. And uh, can you imagine God's arm? I mean, we're talking about some power. This arm was so strong, it raised up Jesus from the lowest place in the universe, becoming sin, raised him up to the highest place in the universe at the right hand of God the Father. <laughs> I mean, that is some kind of lift there. I mean, it's just not like you're at the gym. Uh, you know, get your 10 pounds. <laughs> no. He, he lifted him, snatched him up. He translated him from one kingdom to that. I mean, he set up his kingdom. 
and put him back on the throne. Wow, what power was released, and it was released in our behalf. It was released because he loves us. The arm, the, the power of God. Uh, I put down here in the split second that you declare Jesus is Lord. All your sins are forgiven. All your iniquities, all your transgressions are removed. And you were giving everything that you could ever need that pertains to life and godliness. That's some kind of snatch there. I mean, that is some arm power. And, and that, that arm power affected all eternity. Affected everything. Just God doing that. Now, if he put his whole body in something, I don't know. He, he does, I don't know what. You know, Universe is still expanding at the speed of light. So we're talking about some kind of power here that, that God has in, in what he released. But the arm of the Lord also brings more salvation or including in salvation is healing. In Isaiah 53, going down a couple of verses, verse 4, Surely he has borne our griefs. And the word griefs there means sickness and disease. And carried our sorrows, and sorrows there means physical pains. If you have pain, he bore it. If you have sickness, disease, he bore it. He took it. He, he, he took it not because of his sins, but because of ours. He took our sins. He took our sickness, our disease. He took our pains where we wouldn't have to. Because his love force, he took it all for us. It says, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And he's talking about our sins and our rebellion there. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes were healed. And now he's talking about emotional healing. Chastisement for our peace was upon him. So the emotional healing and everything that, that goes along with that. He took that also for us. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it's written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. So Jesus became the curse. He became the curse for us. Jesus took sin and every result of sin. See, the result of sin is sickness and disease. The, the result or the consequence of sin is sickness and disease and, and pain. He became poverty because poverty is a result of sin. He conquered every consequence of sin. He took the root cause of sin. He took disease, poverty, shame, guilt. He took all these these things because it's a result of sin. So he took the root cause and he took the results that came from the sin. So he didn't just bear or he didn't just bear our sins. The word says he became sin. So when he became sin, he became the sin nature or the very source of sin. And yet he, he bore all our sins. He became sin 
for us. He became our sins. He became sick. He didn't just bear our sicknesses, our diseases. He became sick were the source of all sickness, the curse. He became the curse. And the curse, what is the curse? The curse was punishment against disobedience to God's laws and commandments. That's what it is. It was a result of sin. It's punishment. A lot of people don't realize sickness and disease, poverty, all these things are punishment for those who don't walk with God or don't follow his commandments. Now, of course, we know it's impossible to follow those commandments because you had to dot every I and cross every T. God is perfect. But Jesus, the perfect one, accomplished that for us. So we look to him. So we receive, we're qualified because of what Jesus did at the cross. He was our perfection. You can go out here on the street and ask people, how do you get to heaven? And most, all of them would say, just be a good person. Or they say, now, you can be a good person or your good has to outweigh your bad, then you get to heaven. It's only one problem with that. All it takes is one. Uh, I was reading the Message Bible uh, one day and it said one slip, one little slip. That's all it takes because God is perfection. The only ones he accepts in the heaven are those that have been perfected by blood, by him, and he made perfect. None of us are going to get there and go, well, hey, here I am. You know, I did it my way. It's all about me. I'm something. I knew I was coming. You know, how could you not take me? After all, uh, me and Jesus are just like this. <laughs> no, I guarantee you we're all going to be down on our faces worshiping and thanking the Lamb of God for all that he did. <laughs> I've, I've told the story many times, so I always think about... Um, I was um, had this dream. I was looking in the mirror, and I was just uh, brushing my hair, and and I, I saw on the side, I saw a robe. I saw bare feet and a robe coming up, and I turned, and nobody was there. So I went in, and uh, to another room where there's this big, big mirror, and the, and I'm there. And I'm looking in the mirror. I'm just looking for the robe and the feet. And I, I, I don't see anything this time. I mean, I'm looking, looking. So I go back, and I go in the bathroom mirror, and the Lord said, get your little mirror. Little mirror. And I, I reach in, and Ellen had this little mirror, so I'm, I'm holding this little mirror. And, and I'm looking... And I've got it like this, you know, I don't even see my, I'm just looking for those feet in the robe. And here came the feet in the robe. And this time I turned and there was Jesus. And my great speech for him, everything, 
out. I am snot crying. I mean, this just all out crying at his feet. And I mean, there's not a part of me, my inner being, I'm crying and just worshiping him. And he reaches down and he lifts me up. And it was like, it's, it's okay, you know, I love you. And at that moment, he stepped into me. We became one. And uh, the revelation was that he loves us so much, he had to be in us, and we are one with him. And the only reason I'm accepted is because I'm in him. And when I'm in him, Jesus, God the Father sees me in Christ. So I get in on Christ's perfection. The other thing the Lord ministered to me was, don't be concerned about what's going on around you. It's your personal relationship, that little marriage. It's your personal walk and your personal relationship with the Lord matters. Don't be trying to judge or anything out there. It's your personal walk, your relationship with him. So he, he conquered every consequence of sin. And when you look at the curse, boy, that is some list. Someday I'm just going to come in where us read Deuteronomy 28. We'll just read the whole book, read the blessings, and then you go into the curses. Just for our spiritual edification, we'll read the curses <laughs> to know what, we, what Jesus did for us. But some of them I just put down a, a few, a, a destruction, long-term sickness, all punishment, confusion, plagues, inflammation, burning, itching, tumors, knee problems, legs, problems, curses will overtake you, no harvest, aliens will come in and take, o- take you over. You will not be the head but the tail. You'll be cursed in the city and the country. You'll be in need of everything. Your sons and daughters will go off into captivity. I mean, everything that you can think of. Then he goes, oh, if it's not listed here. (laughs) I mean, everything that's bad is is really affecting the, uh, the curse. So, when we see the curse, you know, Jesus, you know, the reason he spit, it said when you spit on somebody, they were cursed. It was a curse to spit on somebody. But when he spit on, he spit on the curse. People were cursed, you know, blind, whatever. He spit, he was cursing the curse. So, he spit on it. Well, we have to curse the curse. So, no, I've been redeemed from the curse. This is illegal. It has no place here. God is not, we're not waiting on God to do something. He's waiting on us to take authority. And you have to, I mean, there's times you just have to get with it and get, I won't say angry, but a holy anger and say, no, I'm not putting up with this. I, I refuse it. I contend for the faith. The, the, it's a fight of faith. It's a good fight because we win. <coughs> but you got to fight it. Yeah, a lot of people give up. 
are not fighting. If we really fight and get after it, we're guaranteed victory. Amen? So when you see the curse, curse it. That is not, that's poverty, that's lack. Uh, it's interesting, it made that inflammation is in there. Because they're saying that inflammation is what's causing all sickness and disease now. <clears throat> and it's listed there. Itching, burning, I mean, you just, you read the list, it's just, whew, it is rough. I mean, we like the, the blessing part, blessed in the setting, blessed in the field, everything you set your hand to, your kids are blessed, you're blessed, you're overflowing, you know, you'll be the lender, not the borrower. All, all these good things are in the, in the blessing. But if you're redeemed from the curse, what's left? The blessing. That's what's left. So illegally, the enemy uh, will try and put the curse on us. Culture in this world will try and put the curse on us. And they bought into the curse. Well, people live to be 78 years old in, in America, and according to the Bible, it's under the curse. Jesus said, or in, in Psalms 91, it says, With long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. With long life. Till you're satisfied. And you don't have to go sick. Why? Because healing's on the inside of you. Everyone who dies of sickness and disease has the health and the life of God, the healing virtue and power on the inside of them. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You have the arm power of God inside of you. Because see, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is more power than created this universe. And the arm power of God is resting on the inside of you. Well, no wonder there's no limits. It goes beyond what we can think. We just need our thinking to catch up with the power that's inside of us. We think, well, I can't lift this 10 pounds. And the truth is, you can lift up the whole gym. <laughs> all the weights put together. All over the earth. <laughs> because the power of God is inside of us. He became the source for all sin, the consequences of the curses. He conquered it all. He gave us the victory. We're called more than a conqueror because he gave us the victory from a battle we did not fight in. 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. God made you your righteous, unrighteous spirit to become the righteousness of God. And I'm telling you, the righteousness of God is pure, pure de-righteousness, we'd say in the South. <laughs> pure de-righteousness. I mean, this is a righteousness that's always been. It's God's righteousness. And for all eternity, without beginning, this righteousness has been pure and holy and totally spotless and without wrinkle. Mm. And see, that's where 
God's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. Truth is, he can come right now because in your spirit, you're without spot or wrinkle. Are we ever going to get all the spots and wrinkles out in the soul and the body? Let me help you. No. What you don't get renewed here on this earth when you come face to face with him. We know in part, but then we'll know in full. <laughs> He's going to go ahead and renew the rest for you. Hallelujah. But we're to be at work here, <laughs> working on it. So we never arrive, but hopefully we've all left. And, and we're heading for arrival. But you arrive once you see him face to face. And then we're on as he is, so are we in this world. When you really get a glimpse, how are we like him? In the spirit. God is a spirit and he communicates with us spirit to spirit. Where It says, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. We're one spirit with him. And your spirit is holy, made in true holiness and true righteousness. It's a righteousness of God. And that righteousness gives me the strength and the power to stand before God without fear, guilt, inferiority, and condemnation, as if sin never, ever existed. White as snow. That's the, how you can have boldness before the Lord in the day of judgment, because I'm not standing in my own righteousness, God. I'm standing in your righteousness, because I trust and believe in Jesus. Therefore, I'm bold to stand before you. And God's got a big smile on his face. That's my boy. That's why I was trying to get to everyone. Come on in. Man, think about that. I mean, we've got to be able to mess up and dust ourselves off, do what we need to do, deal with it, and go forward because inside of our spirit, we're righteous. And that's the reason you can go before him in this throne, the throne room of grace, the reason that you can go boldly to him is because of your righteous spirit. You can go needing help in time of need. You need mercy. That means you've blown it. You, you messed up. But you can go boldly there because you come in your righteous spirit. He, he made you righteous. Wow. Mm. Hallelujah. <laughs> that's, that's shouting ground there. He made us righteous. We have his righteousness. And you hear, you know, well, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And somebody says, well, who do you think you are? I'm his son. It's not on what I did. It's what he did. Do you trust in what he did? I do. <laughs> I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then knowing that, you start getting strength in your soul to dominate the flesh. And that's how you start walking out in that, that victory, even in this life, in this world. It's knowing that you're righteous. And then the words say that uh, we reign in this life through righteousness, that grace of God that produced righteousness in us. So we get more accomplished by telling them, a person who they are in the spirit, who they are in Christ, then beating them down because of this sin, that sin, whatever. More is accomplished by saying who they are. 
Hallelujah. That's the reason where the, the, the grace of God is. It's not that you don't. Uh, there, you know, there are scriptures that deal with things that were not to be like this. But still, the way you overcome is the love of God. It, it's not the love of God in me. It's me knowing the Father's love for me. Because that's what I see once I get in the Word. I'm seeing how much He loves me. It's not that, uh, oh Lord, I love you so much. Uh, that makes it about me. It's about Him and His love for me. Because when you open the book and you see all He did and how much He loves, loves us, it's about His love for us. So, well, you just need to walk in love. Well, that, that's true, but I'm going to tell you a higher truth is walking in the understanding of his love for me. Boy, that changes everything. And, and there are scriptures that, that speak to that. Really, our strength is knowing how much we're loved, how much he's for us, what he's done for us. And that will produce in me walking in love with other people. Because I realize, well, God loves them too. Well, God, I thought you, me and you were, you know, we were real tight now. I'm your favorite. And I am his favorite, but you are too. It's just he, he's big enough to have more than one favorite. And all his kids are his favorite. Amen. <laughs> you don't have your kids and say, well, this one's my favorite, you know, and the rest of them, now oh, they're okay, I don't know. <laughs> no, we love, we love them all. Now, some might be pleasing us in the natural more than others, but we love them all. Isaiah 53.10 says, Yet pleased the Lord to bruise him. He put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, you shall see his seed, and he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall <clears throat> shall prosper in his hand. So here it says, you make his soul an offering for sin. And that The soul here means the rational soul or the seat of affections and emotions. Or Jesus' soul was involved in this sacrifice. Spirit, soul, and body. How was Jesus' soul involved in this? Act of his will. How did he become sin who never sinned? By faith, he took on our sins. He took it by faith. <clears throat> that way he could pay the price. Jesus, in sin here, it says an offering for sin. That word sin there means guilt. Jesus died for our guilt. Your guilt, my guilt. So the stripes of Jesus go to the root of sickness and disease. Wherever you're dealing with. One thing I put down here is um, sometimes we're struggling to receive healing because we're trying to get rid of the symptoms and God wants to deal with the root. And there's things that God is dealing with us and when we dismiss them, it puts us in a place of hard to receive because we're blocking it in a sense because we know that God wants to deal with the root. And uh, you see this um, where he said, heal the brokenhearted, set captives free, set liberty, those who are bruised. I believe there is 
uh, a place. And I, I don't have to ask forgiveness to receive my healing from God because he's already forgiven them all. But um, I have to for my own sake because this is on my conscience. This is on my emotions and it's a hindrance to me receiving even though it's already provided, already paid for. It's not stopping God. Uh, we're stopping the hand, arm of the Lord because I believe that this emotion, this thing I, I need to deal with. Uh, you can read this later uh, in Mark 1, 40 through 44. That's when the leper came to him. And uh, Jesus moved with compassion, asked him to stretch out his hand, touched him. Um, he said, if you're willing, you can make me home. Jesus said, I'm willing. And immediately the leper, uh, he was healed. Leprosy represents sin. This was the hardest case of healing for that day. It's the first uh, healing that Jesus performed. He took the worst case, leprosy. And it is a type of sin. And when you have this type of sin, he told him, go show yourself to the priest because you're clean. And the priest knew that this type of healing would only come through the Messiah. So this was an indication of who Jesus was. So Jesus was revealing himself to the priest. But in every other um, healing or, or um, sacrifices that were made, the priest would receive sacrifice from the person. They would bring their birds or whatever. But in leprosy, the priest had to bring the sacrifice. So the priest would bring two sparrows, and one would be cut open and, of course, killed, and blood would flow, and then they would pour water over the dead bird, and the blood and the water would mingle, and then it would flow. They'd have the live sparrow next to it, and it would flow to the live bird and cover that bird and then the bird that was covered with the blood and water was set free. Now, leprosy was a type of sin. See, Jesus was God's sacrifice. We didn't have to bring a sacrifice. We couldn't bring a sacrifice for our sins to be taken care of. So uh, that, that sparrow that was, that was cut in the blood and... That's a type of the cross, what Jesus did on the cross for us. The other bird that got covered with the blood and flew off is us. <laughs> You're a free bird. <laughs> fly, flap those wings and fly. <laughs> so what happened, God provided and the blood cleansed us and we were set free. That's the covenant. It's a picture of what Jesus did for us. And that means there's no case too hard. There, there's nothing that's impossible to God because he took the worst and, and took the toughest case immediately uh, to take care of. So this entire process is type of the cross. When it comes to redemption, we're not required to bring a sacrifice God brought the sacrifice of a son. So it's through his blood that we're set free.
You see in the uh, first Passover, the children of Israel partook of the Passover, the cross the Red Sea, Psalms 105:37. He also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among them. They, they pass through the, the Red Sea. Second Chronicles 30, um, Israel had forgotten the Passover here, and the Lord listened to Hezekiah and healed the people when they observed the Passover. They went back to the blood, they went back to the sacrifice, went back to the, uh, what had been paid. What does that mean to us? We go back to the cross and say it's already done, the finished work of the cross is already provided for us, so we always go back and look towards it. In Numbers, we read the children of Israel complaining against God and Moses. You remember the snake? Um, uh, God said, put a snake on the pole out in the wilderness, and all those that would look upon the snake will receive healing. And the snake, why was it a snake? Because Jesus, when he walked on this earth, he was the blood, he was the lamb of God. But when he went to the cross, he became the serpent because he was the curse. He became sin. So it was representative, once again, of Jesus being the curse and paying the price for each of us. And all those people were healed as they looked upon that snake. I'm sure some people in the crowd, I don't like snakes. I'm not looking at that snake. If you look around town, you can find the cross with a snake around it. That's what this came from. Even to this day, we look at. Read all this. And see, John 3, 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. He's got to be lifted up in your life. You've got to change your thinking. You've got to receive. You know, we receive Jesus as Savior and Lord, but have you received him as your healer? I'm, I believe it's an act of faith and say, I receive Jesus as my healer. Because there's a lot of people I know who experience Jesus as the Lamb of God for sin. They receive that, but very few have received him as the healer. And we have to acknowledge Jesus is my healer and receive him. Jesus is my deliverer. Jesus is my provision. Jesus is my peace. Jesus is my life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. All these things, we have to acknowledge him. The Bible says to acknowledge every good thing that is within you in Christ. We acknowledge it. Faith speaks. Faith speaks it. And people say, well, I can't speak it. I'm hurting. Well, you're speaking something. So if you're speaking something, you can just change it and say, God said this, <laughs> And let your faith speak. That's the way God set it up. And you've got to speak it. You've got to declare it. Let me see. I've got way too much here. I'm just going to uh, close with this. First Peter 2.24 Who himself bore our sins as somebody on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Live for righteousness. It's interesting to me. He's linking uh, sins and, and healing in the middle of the day. He's got live for righteousness. Live for righteousness. So what does this mean? 
live for that right standing or that, that place that has received all that Jesus did on the cross, that finished work, and I am white as snow. Boy, it's easy to receive when you're thinking, I stand before God without any guilt, without any condemnation, no fear, no inferiority. I stand before him as white as snow, as if sin never existed. Live in that place. Live out of that righteousness. Live out of who you are in Christ. And it's linked to both of these areas that were both fulfilled at the cross. He bore our sins. He bore our sickness and disease. He became the curse, the result. Now, I was thinking the other day, in Psalms 91 says that terror, uh, uh, was it the terror by night will not come nigh you in day? There's one that's got it. If there's terror, that means God was talking about terrorists. There has to be a terrorist to bring terror. But you gotta you gotta believe it. You gotta speak it and declare it. Hallelujah. I'm gonna stop. Got down here, your sickness needs to hear your voice. Don't speak to God about your mountain. Speak to the mountain. And then here's the salvation. Uh, yes, person, <clears throat> they're saved. They say, well, I don't feel like it, but I am. Well, it's the same with feeling. You may not feel like it, but you are. <laughs> you are. Reality is you are. And as you believe it, you are. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just worship you. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you that you qualified us. You made us accepted in the beloved. You made us so acceptable, it's like we're we get the same acceptance that Jesus gets. So we're qualified. We were made qualified. We didn't qualify ourselves. We couldn't, couldn't qualify ourselves. But you qualified us. That qualification goes beyond even when we mess up. Because you qualified us in our spirit when we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, got born again, you qualified us for all the promises of God being yes and amen in Christ. And we're in Christ, so the promises are yes and amen. They're ours. We're qualified. And Father, I come against any barrier or anything on our part that would be a hindrance. Lord, we choose to forgive we let go of any place in our emotions, our, our thinking, or any place, Lord, you've dealt with us and we put it to the side. Lord, we open our heart and we forgive those that have hurt us, those that have abused us, those that have just 
been that thorn in our side, a pain. Lord, we forgive them. Lord, we, we forgive ourselves. We let go of regrets, disappointments, and guilt, and shame. We let it all go at the cross because you bore it for us. And if you bore it for us, we refuse to bear it. We want to honor you with our faith and not bear it. We forgive our family. We forgive our, our brothers, our sisters. We forgive the, the family of God. We forgive those unbelievers we work around. We forgive those in the world that have hurt us. We forgive all. And we choose to walk in the love of the Father. We choose to walk in the love of God. And we love ourselves. And we forgive and release all that to you. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness, strength. And we declare we're qualified. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, I command every sickness and every disease to flee from this place, to flee from the temple of God. Sickness and disease, you have no right to be there. You're illegal. You're part of the curse, and we're redeemed from the curse. We've been purchased and bought with a great price. We have resurrection dunamis, explosive power on the inside of us, and we command the pain to go. We command the curse to go, infirmity, sickness to go, command headaches to go. We command whatever's coming against us, even poverty and lack, we command it to go in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for full provision, abundant supply, more than enough. Thank you, Jesus, for becoming poor that we might be made rich. Thank you, God. Give us ears to hear, Lord. Oh, the memory of the just is blessed. We declare our minds are fully, fully energized. And we remember short-term, long-term, and everything in between. Because our memory is blessed. The memory of the righteous is blessed. We've been justified. We've been redeemed. We've been saved. We've been sanctified. Lord, we belong to you. We thank you for causing us to be birthed into your kingdom. We thank you, Lord. We're not only birthed, we have been adopted into your kingdom. We're, we're doubly yours. And we're not trying to get away, Lord. We're embracing you. And energize us with your strength and power because your power is inside of us. And, Lord, we draw from the Spirit of God on the inside of us. And we declare that that healing power is touching every part of our body, every, every system of our body, every part, Lord. Depression and oppression must go now in the name of Jesus. Inability to move and function 
go in Jesus' name. We call it, declare the renewing of our youth. Renewing of our youth. We call for it in Jesus' name. Now, the Lord told me the other day, I was quoting that, uh, renewing of the youth, and, and he said, if you're trusting and believing me for that, then do what you were doing in your youth. It's okay. And I, I got to thinking just the way that enemy, you know, brings stuff. Uh, you can be, when you were a kid, and you, you took a nap or something, and uh, <clears throat> you woke up, you might say, uh, you just, I remember saying, uh, my mom going, you okay? I said, uh, I just felt like a train hit me. <laughs> it was just a nap, you know. But you get older, and your mind goes, you wake up. You don't think about training. You're thinking, what's that pain? Ain't that? And your mind will start going. Saying, no. It's like in your, in your youth. So you don't have to have the frank drink. Wake up refreshed, alert, and full of the joy of the Lord. But just subtle things can easily move in, and we don't want any of it. So renewing your youth. Start acting like you're young. Start declaring it. Start doing it. Because he's, if he's going, we're going to live to 120, and I, I tell Christians this, and they mock me, I've, I've been laughed at more and scorned about that than anything. And I've seen people, and, and they're trying to hold themselves. You know, there's the, the pastors here. 120. And I'll say, not the way that you're thinking about that somebody's changing my diaper or feeding me. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about fully alive. Renewal of the youth. And I don't want to look like I scare somebody when they come in my presence either. So renewing of youth. <laughs> Amen. It's a promise. It's a promise. But very few, you know, we're still more in survival mode than some of those other things that are in there. But changing hallelujah so Lord we renew our youth we go back to doing the things we did in our youth hallelujah glory to God thank you Jesus bless the Lord hallelujah hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. To put your hands on yourself, and I want you, this is just from the inside of you, and we're going to lay hands on you and pray, but from the inside of you, you just say, I'm healed by Jesus' stripes, and I rebuke, and I command this symptom. And, and you just say it yourself, whatever it is, and you command it to go. Just say, I command it to go in Jesus' name. 
has no part in my life. None. And I'm releasing that resurrection power on the inside of me. And I believe that I'm healed, that it's mine. It's been bought and paid for in full. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277.